Okay. Well, this movie has okay. uh, two alternate titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hungry Wives is one oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah. I saw some posters like that. Um, and also Jack's Wife was an alternate thing. So there's actually, this movie was originally 130 minutes cut down to what is now 89 minutes. Whoa, So we're missing buddy. a lot of this film. And for me, more Romero is always best Romero. So mm-hmm. I would love to see the extended cut. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the the final final girl. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. Yeah, I like the singing intro. That was great, Julia. Thanks. I'm Julia. I'm Terry. Uh, this week we're talking about 1973's Season, Season of, of the, the Witch. Witch. Uh, the title of this episode is Because I Dig Six. Yeah. <laughs> um, the tag- she's a groovy lady. She's a groovy lady. The tagline for this episode is, uh, confusingly, every night is Halloween. That's really the tagline? That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense for no, this movie. No, it really doesn't. And it came out in 1973, so this is pre-Halloween, so they're not referencing the movie Halloween. Well, this movie has okay. uh, two alternate titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hungry Wives is one oh, of yeah, them. Oh, yeah, I've seen, I saw some posters like that. Um, and also Jack's Wife was an alternate thing. So there's actually, this movie was originally 130 minutes, cut down to what is now 89 minutes. Whoa, So we're missing buddy. a lot of this film. And for me, more Romero is always best Romero, so mm-hmm. I would love to see the extended cut um the new york I feel like times, that happened with martin too right there was yes. like a whole bunch more yes. minutes that we we're missing the new york times said about this movie uh it has the cd look of a porn film but without any pornographic action everything in it from the actors to the props looks borrowed and badly used harsh whoa that's <laughs> that is the roughest <laughs> I don't feel that way about when I'm watching this movie, though. No, I don't either. Uh, I really like this movie. I really like this movie, too, but I also was just like, that's a really harsh... I, you know what? It depends on what you're comparing it next to. Like, what else was out in 1973? Right. What are they comparing it to? Sure. Well, this is like when porn is becoming like a mainstream thing where you right. can go into the theater to watch it, so it's like a whole different area. And I get, like, if you're looking for a movie to be action-packed, this isn't the movie for mm-hmm. you. Like, it's not like that. that this kind is a of psychological film. film but that's completely. what I like about Martin is mm-hmm. like all of his movies are just kind of taken from a strange angle about strange people. And it's taken deeply and slowly and like with no hurry. And I like that about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool about this movie also is that there's a whole lot of dream sequences. Um, and from the beginning, the beginning opening yeah. sequence is a dream sequence, which is great because then it throws you off because you never quite know what's real and what isn't. Right. And again, this is like, when I think of that, I think of, oh, you think of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's never, is it a dream or is it waking? Mm-hmm. This is 1973. This is way before that. And like taking that kind of terror of reality and then using it. I think it's really great. Right. No, that's full on. Like she's going to see her therapist and stuff in the film. So there's some points where you're like, oh, is she having flashbacks? Like, is there something wrong with is her? Is there something wrong with her? Like, what is it? So you're constantly questioning, like what the reality is for her. So we start off with this dream sequence of her kind of walking behind a man and mm-hmm. he keeps, uh, kind to of a Donovan song, which is called season of the witch. Right. 
And, he, and the, yeah, so she's walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, they, but he's kind of ahead. He kind of ahead of her. He's not really looking at her. Like branches start coming. Like into reading her faces. a newspaper. Yeah, it looks like she's getting cut in the face by these branches. Starting to get like discordant. She's like a baby on the ground. And then she sees herself swinging, and then wakes up. And they be like, okay, that was all a dream sequence. And, right. But kind of there with that man that she'd been following, who, who's her husband Jack. Um, but then kind of like right again into another dream sequence of him leading her on a leash uh, and putting her in a cage to like a leaving her like for, in a dog kennel. So right. Like, and I was like, oh, she feels trapped in this marriage. I was like straight up. I was like, this woman feels very trapped. Yes. Like there's a lot of like feeling like left behind by this man who doesn't care about her. Um, like the shots are actually really beautiful and mm-hmm. stuff too. Like I was like, ooh, artsy film. Like at the beginning I was like artsy shots. And I was yeah. like, oh, because like as she's like, as they're carrying like different like things throughout the scenes and they change. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. I mean, his, his Romero's always like, it's quite low budget, but I like the, it's still artistic and I really like yeah, his, beautiful. the way he sees things. Mm-hmm. So she goes to this therapist who's like the most insensitive therapist. <laughs> and he just says, you know, she explains the dreams like, Oh, clearly you feel trapped and isolated. Like I get it. And like, mm-hmm. you're the least, the person who dreams the dreams, the least qualified to understand the dream, you know, like, mm, I don't really, think though? I believe that. I think he just wants more money. That guy. Yeah. You know, and he's like, you know, nat- naturally your daughter's grown, your husband's busy, mm-hmm. you know, you feel trapped in prison. And the right. only person trapping Joan is Joan. So, And she's also having these moments too where she sat in her vanity and like at the end in the morning and like looking at herself. And she's coming to grips with aging right now. So that's something I feel like I don't see that a lot either. Like as, yeah. as like a theme in horror, I was like, oh, okay. No, this and this and how cool is it? You know, you have the main characters for this film are kind of middle-aged women, right? Mm-hmm. You have women like late 40s, early 50s, I would mm-hmm. say, which is a an age group, you know, not, not an age group that you normally get in horror like this in horror and as main characters, yeah. you know, and that's not something that's, it's very unusual. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very uh, cool move. So there, she's at a party with her friends, uh, Shirley, and uh, they're talking and the party gossip is about a friend of theirs who's a witch. Ooh, Marion's a witch. She's, Marion's a witch. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And you feel like that would be the night, like the early 1970s party gossip completely. It totally is. And they're, ta- they're like talking about witch talk. They're like, Ooh, yeah, the whole book bell and candle routine. Oh yes. my goodness. Yeah, she is. Ooh, that sounds fun. Let the next party we should have her. You know, it's like that. Like it's some sort of entertainment. Totally. And they're like playing Mad Libs too. I love the party games. Like they're playing like this Mad Lib game with this one guy. It's Dirty Mad Libs. And um, uh, and then yeah. we have this cut to this other dream sequence of mm-hmm. that. The man who was just reading the Mad Libs is now giving her a t- tour of her own home. Yes. And kind of like as if you would won a game show and these are the, th- the prizes that you've won. You've got this daughter who doesn't care about you. Yeah. You've got this husband who doesn't look at you. It's yes. like it's, we, ha- we mm-hmm. have this 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 boy this boy here who's here to fix anything you need, anything at all. That kind of handyman. You're like, oh, who's like, that boy? And this is oh, you haven't been handed the Billy the delivery boy, mm-hmm. right? And the, the ladies who are available for luncheon, just like this cackling room of ladies who are like you know, her friends, and it's brutal. It is brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, all the now is closed, and, and what a stack of checkbooks. And but you've never to won- write all the rent. <laughs> she tells, but he tells her that she's got to get with it. Because she's never been interested in the et cetera. And he's like, the et cetera is the is the in part. It's what you need from that delivery boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much real cool mirror work in this movie. There's, you know, in this sequence, there's a lot of her getting, so she's seeing herself as like a, a severely old woman, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of her, there's her in the mirror. So there's a lot of like, this amazing kind of shots with that and her and her daughter and her daughter tells her that she thinks mom's looking pretty good. 
yeah, like this is a real, I think this is a real life moment where she's yeah. like, yeah, mom, actually you look like really good. Like I like surprised, like mom, like you're kind of still hot. Like yeah. she, that's basically, like she's, she's never noticed her. it before. Yeah. Like she finally was like, cause I feel like she's kind of coming into her own sexually maybe. And she's right. like, wow, her daughter's like, so, she's so weird, vacant mm-hmm. and like not there at all. Like doesn't care about anything. It's very, it's a very interesting performance because you have her in some very integral like parts of the film, but she's just kind of not there. Like you feel like she must be high or she's like something wrong with her. That's also really like how she interacts with her mom. Like she's like basically like a non-entity to her. Cause she's like, uh, like mom, whatever. Like I, I, thanks for life, I guess. And like has moved on. Like she doesn't care. Uh, so Shirley and Joan are going to see, uh, the witch, uh, Mm -hmm. Marion, who they're going to be getting, uh, Shirley's going to be getting it for this though too. Don't forget Joan like was supposed to be taking a pill of some sort and she throws it away. Mm, Yeah. So I wasn't sure if she was on like, like meds or something, or I'm not sure what the type of medicine that she's trying to like get rid of, but she throws her pill away. Uh, anyway, so, yes, so they're going they go to, see to see the, the witch. Going to the witch um, make a Rosemary's Baby joke so we know that they're like in on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, the witch is really cool. She's like, my mom and dad were witches. It's something I've done my whole life. Uh, I don't accept cash. You can pay me what you think I'm worth later. You have to mail it to me. But she- nobody really doesn't do it because they're kind of afraid of what will happen if they don't. You're right. like, uh, kind of a veiled threat, but cool. But a cool honor system, though, too. I'm like, okay. Uh, so they have the tarot card reading, which does not go very well Shirley's and she's insinuating that there might be something wrong with Shirley's marriage and Shirley's looking a little unhappy Jones but Joan doesn't screw up the courage to do it she right. won't she won't do the tarot card reading yet she's still too freaked out by witchcraft she's Not scared really of it yeah she's afraid of it um so Shirley comes home with Joan. With Joan and she gets drunk. She drinks a fucking tumbler of vodka. I'm she like, is plastered. She is without a doubt my favorite character in this movie. She's wonderful. She yeah. I really, really yeah. enjoyed this yeah. performance. And they're and like, like, she's zonked is what they kept saying. And I was yeah. like, she is zonked. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I think this is like the most reaction we ever get out of Joan's daughter is just like looking at her mom's friend being kind of weird is like kind of freaking her out a yeah, little but bit. It's also like entertainment a little too. Cause sure. like, and then her, the, her little friend Billy is there. Greg. Greg, sorry. Um, and then they're having like a clairvoyance conversation. Yeah. And then, so, so we have Greg and like Greg and cause Greg had, was in Joan's fantasy. So right. she's already, and he's like, have we met? They've already got some sort of weird mm-hmm. connection. And so they're kind of, there's something going there's on. There's a weird chemistry tension but there. But also he's with her daughter. So that's a little bit weird. But mm-hmm. Greg decides to play this joke on Shirley where he's going to give her tobacco, but tell her it's grass. Yeah. He's going to roll it like it's grass. He's going to put it into a joint and, and like, make he's like, her I'm going to turn her on, right. make her think she's high. Why doesn't he just actually give her grass? Because it's more fun to see how she, because she's Cause so drunk. That's so fucked up. To see what she's going to do. And they keep do. telling, and Joan keeps saying, it's too fucked up. Don't do it, man. Right. I don't want you to do it. And she's going to do it anyway. He doesn't want her to hum- humiliate her. Yeah. Um, but Shirley's super into it. She's so drunk. She says, uh, uh, your party's getting swingier all the time. Yeah. Um, there is this moment with Greg. I don't know if you caught this. Can we just talk about this mm-hmm. though? He's talking to Joan in this conversation right here. Mm-hmm. And he slips into the conversation. You'll never see your daughter alive again. And then he keeps going like he didn't say that. And she doesn't acknowledge it. And I like rewound it. And I was like, did he really just say that? And he does. And it's like the scariest moment of this movie. I'm like, oh, my God. He just said that to her and just kept going. That's crazy. Does that change the way you feel about him a little bit? Yeah, it does, actually, <laughs> because of what happens later. Yeah. But yeah. 
So he, because I, I was kind of, I think into he's got to be in cute, on the witchy like, stuff though too. Ooh. Then he's mm. he's like part of it somehow. Then because okay. he seems to be kind of a bit of a sadist. Like he enjoys. Oh, he's a provocateur. Yeah, full on. But he he's you, you doing it in that kind of like academic way of like, look at me, look how cool I am. I'm like yeah. a cool young professor being crazy. Totally. Um. So this scene. I, th- I think it's fantastic where he gives her the grass. She pretends that she feels it and starts to it like starts confessing like things about her life. But this is so such a cool moment. Cause you have Greg like saying like you're angry. I can tell you're angry. Like, what mm-hmm. are you angry at? And he's like, I'm, I'm past my prime. I'm old and I'm fucking pissed off about it. And I'm like, right. That's fucking awesome. That's not something that you ever hear. Like the mm-hmm. women be like, I'm getting old and I'm angry. Like, like I hate it. Yes. And mm-hmm. like, I can't express it. And here I am. Like, and so to get that honesty from her and like, she kind of breaks down later about it, but like, and they keep tell, I don't know. I, in some ways I kind of like what Greg's doing. Like, like he's getting it out of her. Cause she Absolutely. can't tell like, anybody. She needs, she needs to, that's why she's so zonked honestly. Cause she's trying to like cover up all this stuff. Yeah. So he clearly got that. She needs to like release and let go. I think he's intuitive in that way. His methods are a little dubious, but yeah. I think like, absolutely she needed that, but she's so sad and she wants Joan to come over and spend the night with her because she knows her husband's going to be mad at her and says like, it's so sad. She's like, we'll have so much fun tomorrow. And you're like, Oh, surely you're breaking my heart, man. It's sad. Um, but Greg and Nikki leave. Greg and Nikki stay okay, at the sorry. house. It's Shirley and Joan and Shirley takes her down to the, out, like takes Shirley home. And she says she's going to be out all night and they think she's going to be out all right. night. But then Joan gets back home and realizes she listens to her daughter and Greg having sex. Yeah. And she's in her room smoking <laughs> cigarettes. I, this is another Wes is like another one where like the kids and like the family, it's like yeah. a weird kind of mildly incestual kind of weird moment. Yes. Correct. A lot but, of these movies. Well, I mean, the, <laughs> the thing about it is like you come in, you hear your daughter, and Greg having sex. Mm-hmm. I think going in your room, I don't. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's fine too. She just, but she also was but like, she's also but she also kind of enjoying off it. On and it. She's, yeah, she's kind of imagining herself with him, right. in this moment, and she's like, you know, writhing on the bed by the end of it. So yeah. it's like, oh, lady, yeah, okay. She hasn't had some in a while. She and, really yeah. needs to. Uh, this lady needs some. And he, he'd already told her earlier, like, hey, lady, I'm not into you. I'm not going to try to make put the make on you, you old lady. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, and, and because he, you know, he does seem like such an asshole, but he does come back in to apologize before, you know, this whole thing goes on. So, there, you know, you're never quite clear on what his deal is. Mm-hmm. But Nikki comes in realizes her mother has been there. She's listening. like, how long have you been here, mom? Yeah. And uh, is so uh, embarrassed <laughs> and uh, humiliated by the moment that she runs away. Yep. You're like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, um, we don't see Nikki again, no, really. That's it. That's she it literally her. is. She's gone. gone. The detectives come to, like, get statements, and the shrink comes, and they're all, like, questioning, like... Right, and, like, the therapist has no sympathy. The cops have no sympathy. Her, her husband yells at her and slaps her. Yeah. Like, oh, your daughter ran away? Let me slap you for that. It, they all seem so useless, yes. like, the whole thing. But she also doesn't give them the proper information. She does not give she them the car them. description. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so she finally goes to see Greg at school, where he's a, a professor, assistant professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and doesn't, like, she? he explains to her, like, oh, me and your daughter have a thing, but we're just casual. Like, we're friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. And, like, she can't grasp it. She doesn't like, understand that what that means. blows her mind mm-hmm. that, like, you can just be friends. But then also having sex. She doesn't understand the casual sex conversation. No, it's like and, not a thing in her world. 
Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess 1973. It's still quite. It's quite early for for that. And right. I, but you know, there was the free love movement, but that wasn't for everybody. That yeah. was for like hippies and whatnot. Right. But not like, hey, mainstream like USA. Like, right. um, it's not a thing. And she asked like if she's pregnant. Like she's like, is Nikki pregnant? Like what's like, going do on? You know Why? where you where she is? Yeah. Uh, doesn't know, but he keeps calling her Mrs. Robinson because he's the oh, shoulder lady. And it, he's, I'm not trying to put the make on you, but if you're interested, I'm not going to turn you off. Which is most like, uh, I, I, I was always into you. like Right? And he's like, is that the, she's like, is this the way things are? He's like, yeah, because I dig sex, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's just a thing. Like, yeah. it's no big deal. Like, you're making a big deal out of a thing that's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and so she, when we have another uh, dream sequence, mm-hmm. we're not sure about where she wakes up. She sees someone outside who's in a mask outside the window and cuts the phone cord so she can't right. call. And they have this the kind mask of, was kind of freaky too. That mask was creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like has tied the door handles so she can't get out. Uh, and then there's a very kind of rapey uh, mask rapey scene. Yeah. Uh, but then we wake up. And she goes witch shopping. She does go witch shopping. Um, <laughs> She's got to go get her bell book and like <laughs> the most adorable shopkeeper, like that little hippie shopkeeper, like from like the eyes up, he just looks like a dirty hippie. And then he's like hair shell short and he's got like a little suit on and he's so like proper and adorable mm-hmm. and knows everything about what she's buying. Yeah. He's like, oh, are you, are you getting witch supplies? Yeah. And, he's knows. Like, and she also has the grooviest MasterCard. The close-up on the MasterCard is so cool. Made me think of you because it's like got the your your dream colors. Oh. Like it's that yellow and you know red or whatever, but it's like an old timey logo. It's great. Um, so then we get kind of like a witchy montage here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is so cool. So so this is to Donovan's Season of the Witch, mm-hmm. which, uh, which came out in the opening, yeah. which came out in the 60s. Um, so it's interesting because D- Romero n- never uses pop songs in no. his movies. Like he has scores, right? Mm-hmm. He has like Goblin and stuff. Um, but this so it felt very it changed him completely to have this pop song in it and i was like oh how different would his movies be if it was like all pop song based he would mm-hmm. like turn him completely as a different director mm-hmm. it's kind of cool and yeah and this song was like the theme like from the beginning too yeah. so it comes back when she's in this moment and she's getting her chalice and cutting tools and knife and goblet and all kinds of good stuff and i love that she's smoking a cigarette while she's shopping as well yeah. i think that's just like of the time. And she, uh, before she, her husband gets home, she puts everything away. Hides uh, it all in a closet. Puts ashes on her forehead. Because it's, it's Ash, Ash Wednesday. Wednesday. And so he thinks that she's been to church and then... Uh, but she's been witching. Witching out. <laughs> uh, so she starts casting her spell. Uh, this is the... Her, her husband goes out of town and her... Well, first he's like, I got to go get some ashes on my face too. He's like, Jesus, I hope that church isn't too crowded. I just love that line. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yes, he's going to go out of town, though. Uh, so her, her 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 spell is so that Greg will come to her tonight. She will accomplish her will. So she does this big ritual, waits around, waits around, waits around, doesn't hear anything. So she just fucking calls him. <laughs> and I'm like, I thought that was so great. But that's like one of those things where you're like, is it the spell or is she just made it happen? Well, that's the thing. Because like, like, she he, clearly ca- makes the call. Yeah. If he called her. Yeah. Okay. But she just calls him like that's no spells needed, man. Just call him. So like the whole time it's she keeps talking the, about. She summoned the courage. Okay. I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> but the whole like rest of this movie is like hinging yes, on the fact. Call courage. Yes. Wes. That she thinks that she really like made this happen yeah and so yeah i really think like oh she's kind of insane right because she thinks she made it happen like you just called him 
normal people do that. I don't understand. I think that's what happens a lot. That's I, I love the just, ambiguity of that because I think that's what happens, you know, for some people, whether it's like with prayers or whatever, right. depending on how you're summoning your, your collective spirit. Sure. That's always the question is like, was that thing going to happen anyway? Right. Or did, or did you, did make, you it make it happen? happen? Was that your effort? Sure. But it's also kind of that Martin, like, is it really him or is mm-hmm. it not him? Like mm-hmm. what is really happening? Um, and I love that her line to Greg is when she calls, I find that my evening is free. <laughs> I need to start using that. It's She's great. so proper. <laughs> I know. But that's like what you would do when you'd call your yeah. friend and be like, I find my evening is free. You should come by mm-hmm. uh, for can, a booty call. So he comes over. Uh, can we talk about just for a moment, the creepy fucking lamps that he keeps cutting to that they have in their house? They're those all little, terrifying. Like, crazy kid lamps. I love that. He probably just, those were like actually in that house. They're just like, leave them there. We're just going like to cut them. And now they're horror movie lamps. <laughs> uh, so Greg does come by and they're going to call a truce between mm-hmm. them. And they have some wild fun sex. And like, she looks happy. And yeah, she's, she's trying to recapture her youth or something in, in the midst of it. And, and says so she knows she caused stuff to happen. So mm-hmm. she's like, she's sold. Yeah, so she's like, okay, now that I made this shit happen, I'm going to go join a coven. Yeah. So she goes back to the Marion lady. He's like, hey, I'm ready to join your coven now. Yeah. Like, what do I need to do? And she's like, well, it's going to be very hard. Yeah. It's a lot of freaking work. There's a lot of study. There's a lot of things you're going to need to do to get prepared. And says, don't play with it. Because knowing you abuse it will destroy you from within. Right. And she's also like, hey, I'm really afraid. And she's like, that's what you need. You need to have a a fear of it in order to be good at it. Uh, So we have the intruder nightmare again. And I I love that this, this repeats. And it's always like slightly different every time it repeats. And I love this. She wakes up with a bottle of Jack by her bedside. Yeah. And I think that's brilliant because her husband's name is Jack and Ah. she's been dealing with mm -hmm, thoughts about it, uh, dealing with Jack. And so I was like, oh, okay. Because before he had left this last trip, he had, he had apologized, but I just find it interesting that she woke up with that next to her too. I was like, oh, her dreams are getting worse. And she's now she's drinking to get through the night. Yeah. And it's Jack. Uh, So, but, but some good news here, uh, police call and they say they found her daughter Mm -hmm. in Buffalo. So four days away. Good Mm -hmm. news. Good news there. Um, uh, So she calls, uh, calls Greg again. Be like, mm-hmm. uh, hey, Greg, why don't you come back over? My daughter's might not going to be home for a few days. My husband's out of town. Yep. I want to make it out on the lawn, though. That's one of my favorite lines. He gets over there and she doesn't let him in right away. He's, he's so cash. He's like, oh, you want to make it out on the lawn then? Is that what you're saying? Because yeah. like, nothing, like, like nothing's going to phase him ever. She's like, no, no, no. You should probably come inside. <laughs> uh, and so uh, they have a kind of she tells him, like, I want you to help me. I'm a witch, mm-hmm. by the way. And I have this conjuring that I want to do. I'm calling up Viago. Viago. The, uh, the demon who's going to come do our bidding mm-hmm. uh, and the conjuring needs to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not really into it. He's like, yeah, he's know, like, I just here to ball you. Yeah. I don't want to do anything oh, else. This is balling lady. So these are literal lines. You guys, yeah. <laughs> isn't he, isn't he romantic? Isn't he charming? You want to make it on the lawn? I'm just balling you lady. Yeah. Let's, I'm just here to ball you. <laughs> Such a please don't term. tell me that you want to ball me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you said don't. that I'd be like, okay, I gotta go home. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> Or maybe you need to go home. However, it's happening. Uh, Greg. So Greg uh, afterwards falls asleep and is naked. And so she's like, well, he's naked and asleep. I'll just start conjuring anyway. Conjuring without him. And then all of a sudden a cat makes its way in this little black cat Mm -hmm. in the midst of it. And I was like, ooh. And he's got similar markings to like the thing that she was looking at in the book too. Uh, And then we have this another kind of a little bit rapey Greg scene. Yeah, she takes him over a little bit. Uh, And so... uh, but then the, like she's done with it. It's like, I don't want to see you again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, eh, well, it's your lost lady. <laughs> right. He doesn't care. No, doesn't care. That's the whole thing about him is like, he's very unappealing because he really doesn't care about you or anything except himself. Mm-hmm. So 
Why? But she also doesn't really care about him either. She just wants like someone to be there with her. Right. And then after he leaves, she has this spell to let Virago go. Mm-hmm. So my my take here is she was calling the demon in to go inside of Greg so that the, the demon could impregnate her so she could have a demon baby. Wow. And then she leaves the demon go afterwards because the act's been consummated. I did not. Conjuring takes two. No. Why she was maybe that's to do what it. she's throwing away or is her birth control pill. Oh. That was my take. I really thought that pill was like meds for like her psych- like psychotropic drugs because mm, I thought she was going through like a psychology thing. And I did not think it was about having a baby. I thought that well, she like- was just trying to like like send him away like she was like i can't i brought you here and now mm. i need to break it because she had ah. already abused the magic okay because she felt like she'd done it like too much for herself which is what she had just been admonished about like not doing right so i thought she was just doing that to break the cast the spell that she had cast on okay. him and set him free before her daughter comes home because that would be inconvenient right to have this guy who's drawn to her that no. she is set up okay i thought she was lonely and she's like oh what will make me feel better maybe nah. baby make me feel better the demon comes in okay nah well you could have your words i, I have yeah mine. yeah uh so we have the invasion fantasy that starts mm-hmm. again, uh, you know, tries to get a gun away and it, and a uh, person rapes her again. Uh, and then the, it turned out that the intruder that's coming into her house that she shotguns is her own husband. Yep. Because she is so freaked out and has been so worked up that she and has up had shooting. this exact and he came home early. Yes. That's the problem. He, did, he came home earlier than he should have. So the door was latched because she had put the, lot, the latch on, you know, like in the inside, the little um, chain. And so he's trying to bust through the chain. He's like trying to get his house, but she's of course freaks out and shoots him in the head. Uh, and so we have this, like in that is intercut with her witch doctrination and that she's now going to be actually part of the coven. She's getting purified and consecrated. She she is. And mm-hmm. now that she has killed her husband and become a witch, uh, she is now the party guest of honor next season. Everyone wants her there because they want to hear, ooh, she's a witch. She's they're, really, like, she, they're whispering about her like she thought he was a prowler. Oh, my goodness. She's really come into herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the, such a crazy end of this movie. You just kind of zoom in on Joan's eyes. And I can't really see tell what her feeling is it seems that there's there's a bit of triumph but then a bit of like hollowness as well that like i think it's very hollow because then like yeah they do come like they're like oh are you that lady who's like she's like oh yeah i'm a witch Mm -hmm. like straight up zoom zoom um and it's crazy too because in the midst of like the rites that they did with her too like her witch's rites and stuff they let her on a red rope that looks kind of like the leash that she had like had been foreshadowed earlier she's being led by something else Mm -hmm. and there's different things that are pulling her so who knows if she's truly happy or if this was the thing that she wanted to be set free um or if like she really did just want to get rid of her husband and she made it happen through this magic yeah quote unquote and that's what it was that took it helped her get there so you can look at it either way she's mm-hmm. either a slightly insane person or she's actually a witch who has powers right one or the other um i love george romero's uh, mm-hmm. lesser known stuff and i wish that it they got more play i feel like it's such a kind of a very fine sense of melancholy in all of his movies that are really they're really appealing to me um so gore factor yeah uh, one not enough blood to fill a dixie cup Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four is a bathtub of blood. And five is run for the barf bag. And we give this two, a puddle of blood. Yeah, uh, not merely not, a, a gory movie. We do get someone gory. shotgunned. Uh, but Shotgun in the head and it's some Romero blood. So it's not like blood blood. It's like more orangey red, um, which is beautiful. Um, and just some some creepy, weird little little moments and things that happen throughout the film um, as well. Um, and movie ratings, zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. 
four not too shabby and five fantastical. Um, I give this movie a three. I think overall, not too not too shabby. Um, seen worse, seen better. But I, I actually, no, I said not too shabby right now as I'm talking about it. Um, seen worse, seen better for me. I really liked um, her performance. I liked the weird tension in it. Um, would I watch it again? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But okay, I enjoyed it. Uh, I gave it a four. Mm-hmm. Not too shabby. Um, I really liked it. I I um, it has kind of the same kind of tension and feeling that Martin has for me, and I like that same. I like that gritty kind of grimy Romero feeling, and yeah. Um, the New York Times may say that it has a seedy look of a porno film, but I say it has the deliciously seedy look of a Romero film. I love that. It reminds me a little like John Waters, you know, like that yeah, like kind grain. of like grainy and homemade and like I the, live for that grain. And the costumes were cool. I thought the set stuff was actually some of my favorite. Like mm-hmm. even like her little witch's circle and like the sand and like the little prop shop that like a witch's shop she goes to. I loved all of that type of stuff. So I don't know what they're saying in that review. Yeah, come on, New York Times. Whatevs. What do you know? <laughs> Whatevs. Um, uh, so mm-hmm. uh, next week, uh, you know, in preparation for getting close to Halloween, we want to do something real cool that is a big one that Terry hasn't seen. Uh, so Terry chose it herself. What 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 are we going to watch? Oh, my God. We're going to watch uh, Don't Look Now. Don't Look Now. I really want to see it. It looks really cool. It's I like good. the actors that are in this, and uh-huh. I think I'm really going to like it. And I think it looks you like really kind of up my alley and I'm very excited. It is. It's very artistically beautifully horrific. Ooh, this is, I like that. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Checks boxes, checks boxes. (laughs) Very excited. Um, Thanks guys for listening. Check out our, all of our social medias, Um, the internet, you know, Twitter, Patreon, Facebook. Oh, Patreon. Yeah. Check that out. Give us some monies. Um, anyway, or not, or just tell a friend and then tell them to give us money. That works out too. Really uh, appreciate you guys. But it allows us to do stuff, you know, to, to... To have interviews with amazing people. We have some people that have been reaching out to us that want to talk to us. Yes, Julia. I know. It's very exciting. Like some legends want to talk with us. And I cannot wait to talk to more. We had Diane last time and now yes. we're going to have more coming up. So stay tuned, folks. And so we many... will see you next week. I was going to say so many sites to show you. Oh, <laughs> so many things for you to hear. Yes. You and your, your Hellraiser boyfriend. She did a little like, shoulder dance. I did. Hellraiser shoulder dance. All right. See you next week, guys, for Don't Look Now. Thanks, guys.